This is iFanboy Booksplode, Planetary Book 2. He loves your sexy body. He loves your dirty mind. He loves when you hold it. Grab him from behind. Hello, welcome to my fanboy Booksplode, Planetary Book 2. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hi. And we're back with our Booksplode series. This is the patron unlocked show that alternates with the Talksplode series in which we review a graphic novel, trade paperback, collected edition of some sort. The last two years, most of the time, we've been doing nostalgia tours. And we decided to finish the Planetary story because we did book one, I think it was last year. It was long enough that when I was reading this one, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, there was it a felt mo- like we just did it, but there was a point where I was like, should I reread the first one? And I was like, I can't. I don't have time for that. But I did actually. Yep. I did. You know, I did. I, re- I read the last issue of the first book over mm-hmm. because I did. I started reading the first issue of this one, and I was like, I have no idea what's going on, and so I had to go back. Mm-hmm. Much like the way it was to read the series when it was coming out, because Planetary, as you may or may not know, was a series from Wildstorm DC Comics, written by Warren Ellis, drawn by John Cassie. Laura, she was she was Laura Martin for a while. Laura, well, she was Laura Martin. This is her name change in the middle of it. Dave Barron also did some colors in this collected edition, and we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, but it's been primarily Warren Ellis, John Cassidy, Laura Martin series. And this particular collection comprises issues 15 to 27, as well as two other additional specials we'll talk about. 15 came out in October of 2001. That was the cover date anyway. And then the final issue came out eight years later. Mm. This was a long running series it's interesting so let's look at it this way 15 came out october 2001 16 didn't come out for two years really i was curious where the break was so it goes like this 16 was october 2003 17 was december 2003 18 february 2004 so and then may 2004 for 19 so for for those five issues we were on a pretty solid every other month schedule then we jump issue 20 was september 2004 21, December 2004, 22, March 2005, 23, August 2005, Ugh. 24, March 2006, 25, June 2006, jump to 26, December 2006, jump to 27, December 2009. So that's way harder to, Jesus, that's way harder to keep up with than the, the trades we read than yeah. a year apart. No, the most they ever did it in, in a run in this particular trade was four issues a year. The most frequent it came out was quarterly. And that was only once. Mm-hmm. Two issues in a year in 2003, four in 2004, two in 2005, three in 2006, and one in 2009. And it was I rough. I think that has a lot to do with why I gave up on it. And I totally understand. Totally. I love this book so much that we talked about in the last show. So a lot of our overall thoughts on Planetary and our history with it, we talked about in the first episode dealing with book one, but... You know, in that Wildstorm, Warren Ellis, you know, explosion of, of creativity, this was my favorite one, so I stuck with it. But it was hard. I remember talking about 27 on the show. 26 would have – the last couple would have come out while I was still doing the show. We probably talked about them, but I don't remember. But 27 for mm-hmm. sure. And I think you weren't on that one because I don't think we talked about that because you, you never read the final issue. No, I hadn't. Or maybe you just didn't read it. I hadn't read – like, I, I gave up in the teens. So this is all new for you. 
Yes, it was. And, and, and for all intents and purposes, the first book was too. Right. Like I had read some of it, but I don't think I was ready for it at the time. You know, re- reading it now is a, is a whole other thing. Yeah, uh, it just my literacy is is much improved, basically. But also, just getting to keep the story in your head and not having to remember yes. what happened two years ago is a is a giant plus for a book like this. Even though it is told episodically, there's a story, especially in this book, more than the first one. It's more of a straight shot through the story. Yes. Yeah, Snow is on a mission in this one, and it matters. Right. So you have to. This is the planetary team of Elijah Snow, Jakita. Will, uh, Wilson? Wagner. Wagner, and then the, Wagner. the, the drummer. That's drummer. Right. She's, uh, she was raised in Germany, I think. Up against the four, who are analogs of the Fantastic Four. The fight against the four really ramps up here. We learn the origins of the four. We meet the four. We see a lot more of us, what's going on as Warren Ellis finishes up his... It's really his trip through pop culture, genre of pop culture, as we... We get analogs of the Lone Ranger and the Shadow, and there's more with the Tarzan analog and Doc Savage and James Bond, Captain Marvel. This is what this whole series has been, really, but here we get a lot of that as it's all tied into the four. What did you think overall? I. Having read it for the first time all the way through, like, you know, uh, in general. Okay, yeah, I mean, as a whole thing, I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. I think that we talk about about Warren Ellis as a mind, as a writer. And, you know, it is, you know, he's, he's right up there. I mean, he really, he's this guy who does some, he does stuff that is completely unique and new and sort of his, I don't know if it's, I don't know how true it is, but it seems like his grasp of near-term science and physics and all of those things is very strong. So even if it's not rooted in science, you would believe that it is, or there's something that he read that made it work that way. He's a futurist, the same way Neil Stevenson is a futurist. Yes, he he is. He extrapolates on current trends in science, and even go back to Michael Crichton, too. He did the same thing in his novels, where you would not know for sure if what you're reading was something that's actually true or something that they made up, because Warren Ellis was really good at technical gobbledygook. And his, his way of combining that with sort of, with superhero mythos mm-hmm. along with you know his you know edgy you know kickexplode thing right you know works really well like it, it's it's a thing and you know what here's the thing I got way over him as a person who I wanted to admire a you know like he has had a whole cult of personality thing and I I met him once and and like I don't know I just didn't dig it and I didn't like the whole thing but I never I never really let that get in the way of the work I was like these he's a really good example of like whatever be weird be a dick you know like your work's really good and it's fine like i I don't care i think the other thing that i came away with it is that i started to get a real understanding i started thinking a lot about john cassidy Mm -hmm. i think the first set of these that we read were stronger yes from an art standpoint for sure and i think that laura martin really did a lot of heavy lifting or whoever else had been to cover you know color a specific issue or something like that really i think she did all the regular ones dave baron i think did one of the uh, backup issues yeah but she really held that together because there are parts where i think especially as as we get further into it and you know that they hadn't been doing them as regularly they were they were rougher he does certain things really well he does that sort of scale Mm-hmm. You know, like they back up. There's a huge hole in the earth, and they're there. He did that sort of shot of of the of the old timey spacecraft, you know, and the dead astronauts. There's also some the really movie. great fight scenes in here. Yes, he, he choreographs really action good. scenes really well. But then other stuff is not great, and I think that I think that has something to do with the scripts that he's getting from Ellis. 
I think that, you know, he's, I think Ellis is able to tailor the material to the artist really well. And so, but when Cassidy has done other stuff, it's not been great. Like there's not, I can't think of, I'm going to make an analogy and see what you think based on something we were just talking about before the show. In the same way that Jason Lee is the best expression of Kevin Smith's writing. Oh, wow. Jason Lee is not the greatest actor in the world, but he's the best expression of Kevin Smith's writing. I would say John Cassidy might be the best expression of Warren Ellis' writing, even if he's not the best artist in the world. Maybe. I, I can see. I don't know that I've... What I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is he has lots of problems, but mm-hmm. it almost doesn't matter in the context of this particular story. The, I agree because of the you. overall way it looks and the way it's being told. Like his faces change. Uh huh. Snow looks ten years younger and older depending on the panel. Snow, yeah, Snow is all over the place in this book. He, by the end of this book, he's drawing everybody with giant eyes, which became a thing he started doing. But it really works with, and it's almost like how we love Brent Anderson when he draws Astro City. Okay. And we wouldn't imagine it looking any other way, but he may not necessarily be the best artist in the world. Whereas. Here, I can't imagine planetary. And there's a backup story where Jerry Ordway draws it. And he's a technically, I think, more skilled artist than Cassidy is. But it doesn't look yeah. right. It doesn't. It's, it's, it's an odd choice. But I actually kind of liked it because of that. Yes. So I think, I think Cassidy is an interesting story here because he is kind of all over the map. Yeah. And his style is changing. But I, I think it works with the particular story he's telling. Yes. And some, you know, some of the stuff in here is world class. His sense of composition is really amazing. And then there's other parts where you're like, you're totally phoning it in here. Right. The juxtaposition of those is very apparent in this. And, and I, I think, and I'm totally speculating, or I just don't remember, I believe most of the delay was due to Warren Ellis himself, not the art team. Sure. I mean, it's impossible to really know. He was also notorious, like Fell and all those books were old because he was slow. Exactly. So anybody else coming on here was doing it in between other jobs that they had to line up to make a living. Sure. Theoretically. It can be hard to maintain that continuity of work because you're just not doing it in and out, you know, all the time. But, the, you know, there were segments and there were sequences in here. The the space laser that comes down and blows up the building in, in mm-hmm. Brazil, you know, that's great comic book work. Yep. You know, and no one else does stuff that looks like that. The bit when he goes to see the, the witch doctor lady. Yep. You know, and, you know, he trips out and he goes into the, you know, the one of the nano world or whatever it is like, that's real good. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no doubt a ton of craft and imagination. But then there's other bits where you're like, what the fuck does Elijah Snow look like? Right. Because he doesn't look the same in anything. But you you accept it. You take it. And again, I think the colorist really helped. Maybe maybe that's Elijah Snow's other power. His face is constantly changing. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I actually like this book a lot because story-wise, I think it moves like a freight train. Yep. It's decompressed. It's, it's part of the, the the famous Warren Ellis decompression storytelling. So there's not a lot of words or panels on the page. But even so, you know, we're starting to get somewhere. At this point, as you said, it's mm-hmm. Elijah Snow in a revenge mode because the four has really fucked his life up. So this we're barely towards the end of the story in, in terms of what's actually happening on the page. You know, he's putting the pieces in the place. He's exposing their weaknesses. You know, he confronts the Johnny Storm character and disables him and and they, they dispatch the thing character. You know, we're moving very rapidly here. And I really, that was really fun to read. It was sort of like this kind of momentum is almost impossible when you're only doing two or three books a year. Mm-hmm. So reading it all at once, you're really moving. And I really liked the pace of, of the Yeah. Book. And, and also pretty much everything in it was satisfying. You know, you get 
you get a lot of Elijah's backstory, as such as it is. Mm-hmm. You get Jakita Wagner's backstory and how it ties into him, and that was satisfying. You get Drum's, you know, backstory, and it's satisfying in that way. You get the four. Right. You get, you know, and it all, you know, most of them are takes on stories that exist already, be they comic book or otherwise. The four is clearly the Fantastic Four, and you know, there's sort of a Tarzan thing that happens. That you know, there's a lot of really good stuff in there you know the way that the four get their powers and the whole story around that where they go into the bleed they come out they find out there's a multiverse they make a deal with one of the planets that they will get earth in order to give them powers like it was great that was very new godsy yeah that the apocalypse like planet thing yeah and then the people who show up they had like a mother box but the intricate plotting was really terrific here the way everyone's life ties together to these century babies and yep and this one group of pulp heroes that we met in the first book that all died, you know, uh, they're all tied into the story somehow, like in various ways. And then at the end, the final issue, uh, which I had completely forgotten about, but I remember remembered it as I read it, was you get this really mind-bending time travel story that, that, was, yeah. that didn't feel, um, often time travel stories as your deus ex machina feel, can, can feel like a cheat, but this felt very much in that Warren Ellis future real technology thing that we talked about. You know, it felt yeah. like, it felt like, as plausible as time travel can possibly be. And that was interesting. Remarkably too. well-conceived and thoughtful. Yes. There's a reason yeah. why this is one of the high watermarks of that era. Even more so, I think, looked upon it than the authority. It's, it's... Yeah. I mean, I think they had different effects. And it could, it could, it could, we've said, and it, it could be said, and we, we hold this view that the authority affected superhero comics after yes. it in a pretty major way. It's certainly the most major way since 86. And Planetary had, I think it had a broader appeal. No, no, I think Planetary was less broad, but this is the more esoteric book, I think, even though it shouldn't have been. But Authority was the sort of widespread, you know, crowd pleaser. Yeah, but I did get the sense that this was a handoff to people book more than the Authority. Could be. Like, you this know, because they tried to make out. a TV show. Yes. Didn't they? Or did they make a pilot? Could be. I mean, this, I mean, this one... It's more television show where ready. Yeah. You know, I also think, you know, if they had kept on a schedule, maybe not even monthly, but just semi-regularly, it probably would have been way more successful than it was. They could probably be living off of this. Right. And they didn't, which is sad. <laughs> but also, I'm kind of glad we didn't have 45 issues of this because it's a very tight story. Well, I agree with that. Absolutely. I just mean if they finished it all at once and let, sure. let it have continuity, it, it would have... People, more people, people would have stuck with it. You could, you could have gained comic books. One of the things that was very apparent in this book, and it's also usually apparent in Warnell's stuff, and it's something we've talked about a lot, is that despite his outward demeanor of the gruff, sort of mean <laughs> writer type, he's a guy whose work is always full of optimism and heart. Whether it's hidden behind a character like Spider Jerusalem, who on the outside was very angry and, and violent, but but was angry and violent because he was an optimistic character who was facing reality as much as it, as much as it was in yeah. that book. It's the same thing here. You got these characters who just want to make the world a better place, just want to save their friends, just want to do good in the face of all this evil, and that's something that that's a thread through a lot of his work, especially back in, in the early two thousands, yeah. and very very strong. I mean, the whole thing here is basically when it comes down to it, is they are trying to save Ambrose Chase, their their team member who was killed in the very beginning and that's sort of the entire point of everything is to get revenge on the four for killing him but also to save him that's what this story is ultimately about yeah that's true and 
it's really hard not to be impressed by sort of the he has such great concepts for characters like Mm -hmm. the drummer should be stupid (laughs) like it really should be stupid and think about how long the payoff was before we even had any idea what he was right almost you know it was in this that he that they sort of talked about 23 out of 27 before you get his origin yeah and 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 it works and then at the end so basically elijah goes on this revenge mission and jakita's like is this okay and drummer's playing it kind of cool and then he kind of just reveals he goes well because i have all the information mm-hmm. i trust him and right. I, I will trust him implicitly and like that's that team thing that's you know that's the west wing that's what you know right. like we're with you because you're doing the right thing it may not even seem like it like then this team never tore apart like they never got to a point where like yes. one of them was on the outs the other two were angry like whenever they got mad at snow he always revealed that his either intentions were good or he knew what was doing the whole time. They never really got to the point where, you know, the drummer and Jakita were like, fuck this guy and we're out. It was always like they were always a strong team. It, that's a great point, And that is such a, like, typical thing to do. And it's I love it when they don't do that. No, the team sticks together. We're together. We're in this. You know, but like the concept of the drummer specifically, or even Elijah Snow, who, you know, he froze that guy's pee. You know, like, <laughs> uh, you know there's just all these great ideas you know, it's like it's like Jack Hawksmore from the Authority. Like yeah. he lives through the cities. Like there was this little period of sort of fertile thinking that he'd been doing that his imagination that just paired perfectly well with what comic books needed at the time. Mm-hmm. And this is what comic books needed at the time. It's almost like the the you know his whole day he ideas that there's the Century Babies. Well, in 2000, Warren Ellis was the Century Baby for comics. Yes, and this. Along with the authority, but this almost more than anything really does, you know, it sets the table for everything. It's almost a return to the Silver Age sensibility in which he, t- he takes a look at science and then he extrapolates characters out of that, which is what happened in the 60s. And we sort of got away from that. And everyone in the 90s just had these nebulous purple energy powers. And it wasn't like they really thought about, you know, information and how technology had changed and how that would affect, you know, superheroes or people with powers like that. The word use of his characters is that, like, He's taken this scientific approach to how pieces fit together. The world needs this. Elijah Snow has a job. Mm-hmm. And that creates a character. You know, it's a real character. Right. I'm saying, you know, as opposed to, oh, this guy's like my uncle that I know, and I'll give him wings. You know, like, it, it it's more crystalline than those other things. It's all part of a system. And I, it's, it's, it's really impressive. I'd like to jump... To the backups for a second. Please. We have two things here. One is Planetary, JLA, Terra, Occulta, written by Warren Ellis, drawn by Jerry Ordway, colored by Dave Barron, which is a one-shot story in which Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman of this particular world, it's an Elseworlds book, it's got the Elseworlds stamp on it, face off against the Planetary. And then the next one is a Planetary Batman crossover, which we'll get to in a second. It made me think of the Wildstorm book that just finished that you really loved, Mm -hmm. in which Warren Ellis reimagined his own characters, because... Yeah. In this particular issue, which is, again, not set in the DCU and not set in the planetary universe, it's set in its own new world, planetary is different. Yeah. They're vicious bad guys, which is like the exact opposite of what they are in the regular book. And I found it very interesting that at the time, he, he basically did what he did in the Wildstorm, which is reimagine his own characters in a different way. They're vicious bad guys. They killed all the heroes. Yeah, yeah. They've got all these superhero corpses in their moon base. So at the time, he was contemporaneously reimagining his characters in the same way he would do, you know, 15 years later with the Authority in the Wildstorm books. I found that really interesting that he was already not holding them to be precious because he he really makes them bad guys here. I feel like that's one of those things where 
Like, he's just got so many ideas that he can't, you know, like he's got to pick a direction to go with with the guys. And then he goes that way and he's like, well, I also have this. I could have done this. And like he can make a real story out of that. Right. I thought it was fun. As you mentioned, Jerry Ordway is an interesting choice for that. He's a very traditional classic superhero artist. Warren Ellis is not at all a very traditional classic superhero writer. And putting them together is a very interesting editorial choice. And I thought it really worked. I thought it really worked really well. It does. Well. It was a lot of, uh, I, I don't, I'm trying not to use the word interesting, but I, I really enjoyed reading it and thinking about it and and just like what must that call have been like <laughs> do warren ellis and jerry ordway do they have anything to talk about maybe they do though like maybe that's because they're both comic book creators and they you know I, I have to expect that warren ellis appreciates classic comic book art and the last image of that story is clark kent's dead body floating away in space and then the other question is like was ordway like whatever or was Ordway like <laughs> This is great. I have no, I've never seen the man. I don't know what he looks like. He just looks like a dude. Yeah. Just a dude who makes comics. I haven't seen him in person since the 90s. You know, I met him at the comic convention when I was in high school. He's just a dude. Like, picture kind of like Dan Jurgens. So what's interesting is this story was the last page, Clark Kent floating away in space. It says Ordway 02. Yeah, so it would come out in 02. So this was really early in the other book. Let's see. Go back. I got my dates in front of me. Uh, so this would have been during the period of the. This was the year there was no book at all between issues fifteen and sixteen. Huh. So this is this was the filler book <laughs> that came out. So it was established enough, though, that like. Yeah, we were we were we were more than halfway through. Yeah. Still though. It'll come as no surprise that I really love Planetary Batman Night on Earth, which is done by. Almost the regular team, Warren Ellis, John Cassidy, and Dave Barron again, instead of Laura Martin, yep. in which starts off taking place within the planetary world, takes place within the world we've been reading. They go to the Gotham City of that universe. And I thought that was a whole fun setup in which he talks about you know the, the opium addicts and the absinthe fiends who designed the, the city. That was very Warren mm-hmm. ellis They come yeah. across a dude who has within him the ability to create a bubble around him that switches the multiverse, You know, basically turns the dial and changes the planet they're on. And so this entire book is basically a s- excuse to do all the different major versions of Batman. So you have the Batman at the time in the comics, and then you have the 66 Adam West version, then you have the Dark Knight Returns version, then you have the original Bob Kane, Bill Finger version, and then you have another sort of the version that they end up with. I think that's just a totally new version. But it was just a... It was Batman porn. Oh, there's a Neil Adams version. Yeah, it really, it really was, and it was... You know, basically through the lens of Jakita, like, I like this guy. To being like, what the fuck's with this guy? And it was neat. It was really fun. And it was very um, whimsical. Yeah, I loved uh, it. For a Warren Ellis book. And Cassidy can draw the fuck out of Batman in various forms. Yeah. At least he can do the splash pagey stuff. But it was a lot of fun. It was a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, well, it was. And it's strong Cassidy also. So what year was this one? Let's find out. You keep talking while I find out. Yeah, I mean, like, this one, I, I have a feel. I, I mean, I don't know, you're going to tell me in a second, but I feel like it was way more consistent as we went through it. Like, it was done sort of in a stretch so that, you know, it hit a stride. Well, this is a one-issue thing. This is just another one. Yeah, time. I know, but even that with Warren Ellis could take a long time. It's like right. a Sorkin thing where he's still looking oh. a page at a time. So this was also, this was 2003. So this was wow. the next year. So that's interesting. That is interesting. And in 2003, they put out two books, issue 16 and 17. If I was a planetary fan, I'd be pretty pissed off. Right. So somehow Warren Ellis and John Cassidy could draw 
this. Maybe they need to sell some books. Maybe. You know, like they thought, well, maybe we can get some of these people hooked. They'll come to the other book. Maybe the sales were flagging or something. I don't know. It's interesting. But I, I thought both backups were fun in, in very different ways. I'm glad I read them. I am too. And, you know, the, the tendency now is like, it'll be great to do more planetary. I don't, I think this, I think the characters are great. I think the world is great. I think it's great as a, as a small piece. It's a, it's a one story. It's very indicative of a time and place in comics. I think your comparison to Astro City is very apt. In that I wouldn't want to see, I wouldn't like I, I don't want it. I wouldn't want it to come back. But if I did, if it did come back, if it was anybody else other than the people who did it, it would be weird, and I wouldn't like it. Which is interesting that you feel that way more than the Authority because you really like the Wildstorm. Mm, is it because is it because it was thing. already a different a creative team on the Authority when Mark Miller took over? Yeah, the Authority's part Mark of Miller the, and Frank Quietly took over. Yeah, the Authority's also part of a shared universe that already existed. Like Stormwatch was something, and then they brought in Brian Hitch, and he's not Brian Hitch isn't going to do it forever. Right. And then you know, quietly, and then then Mark Miller came on, so other people even wrote it. Right. So it's not the same thing. This is more like Astro City. Like this, not it's not crossing over for mm-hmm. the most part with anything. If they do, it's a special, and it's a contained sort of universe that looks a certain way. It's like respect to them for not switching up throughout. You know, they, they finished it eventually. You know, over all that time, they didn't bring in other people. Yeah, I love this book. I own it. Well, I had to use. I used to have the issues to give the issues away, but I have the two absolute editions that came out. These are great collections with the extra issues. I look back at that time, that very exciting time in which I was reading Planetary and I was reading The Authority and I was reading Transmetropolitan. And mm-hmm. There was all kinds of really exciting new comics being <laughs> made by new people, and I think Transmetropolitan is one of the all-time great long Vertigo, even though it wasn't Vertigo series. But Planetary, I look Helix. back. Helix. Helix at the beginning, at least, and then I think it really yeah. by the end. Planetary, I look back on probably the most fondly for some reason. I think it's just very, it's just like a very special short story. You know, like it, it, you look back and it, you're right. Warren Ellis was just churning out wonderful stuff, and I and I remember people like, man, when's he gonna do X Men? I was like, look what he's doing now. <laughs> he doesn't need to do X Men. Right. This is really good. Buy it. <laughs> you do not need to validate him by having him write the Fantastic Four, which he did in Ultimate Fantastic Four, and that was like this. But it, you know, that was good. No, it wasn't. What's funny about this book is basically he was doing that. You know, he was doing all these major characters just just in a thin veneer of a different version of them, but they were very clearly them. I mean, it's very clearly the Lone yeah, Ranger but also in this it book. Was, it was way too fucked up to be the mainstream version of it. Sure, <laughs> well, at least for the Fantastic Four. <laughs> He had like two, I think like tumors coming out on the side. It was. It's so weird that like all the big guys, British guys, really, you know, the, you know, Alan Moore did this too. Like yeah. he basically did other versions of well-known characters over and over again in different things. And he's like, I don't like to do superhero comics. Like you're doing them, right? <laughs> like, like no one was making Warren Ellis do these. Analogs in Planetary, he chose to do them, but at the same time, his his persona and again, Alan Moore was the same thing. His persona was like, well, I, I don't want to have to do the superhero comics, mm-hmm. the floppies, he called them, you know, like, and it's like you clearly love them, but you're not reconciled with it, right? Or maybe he thought like this is what I need to do to get attention, but it feels like he could have not. I think only the only one that stuck to it was probably Garth Ennis. Yeah, you know? and the same thing with him, like you know. The Boys is about to come out, and that's, you know, here's what I think of these characters. Were they straight analogs as much as the other ones are? I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember, but, I mean, still, though, it's like, these are superheroes, so there was a speedster. Sure. 
and a strong guy and whatever. Who knows? <laughs> well, I'm actually really glad that you chose this because we as we were discussing what we were going to do with the final book splits of this year. Yeah. Because I hadn't read I was, these I was, since it came out. I was really glad for the excuse to finish it. It's one of those things that I, I was, I'm glad I've, I've got to read because I think it's an important document. For sure. That particular time is a lot of fun. You know, Warren Ellis has gone to do many things. Cassie has gone to do many things. They've both changed over the years. I think, I think this is a perfect sort of look at them at their peak, you know, at, at the height of yeah. their powers. I mean, Warren Ellis is still doing really thought-provoking stuff if he can be, you know. Bothered. Yeah. But he's also not holding the industry in the palm of his hand like he was in 2000, from 2000 to 2003 yeah. or four. And what's great about him was he didn't take that opportunity to get paid to do Batman. He did it. He kept doing his books. Uh-huh. You know, he kept doing his own stuff as much as it was analogs of other characters. I mean, yeah. I mean, he built his career the way that he wanted it to be, you know, as well as anybody. Yep. And I think that that's definitely laudable. So that is Planetary Book 2, the July Booksplode discussion. I enjoyed those two books. Do we do ratings on these? I can't even remember anymore. I can't remember. I don't, I don't, I uh, sure, <laughs> I don't know. What would you do? Four and a half. Four and a half out of five, sure, that's fine, that seems fair. Yeah. Glad we did this one, I'm glad we did the whole loop on it, and it's a great look back, if you didn't listen to the first show for some reason, but you did this one, go back and listen to the first show, because we got really more in depth on the on the history of the book and, and things like that. Yeah. I liked reading it, and enjoyed talking about it, and we have another show coming out in September, and then once again in November. And we have those two books plotted out. If you have thoughts on Planetary, if you want to tell us, go to ifanboy.com. There'll be a post for the show. You can tell us all you thought about the book if you read it at the time. If you remember things better than we do because it was coming out very sporadically. I don't remember the reasons why at the time. Anyway, check that out. And you can go to ifanboy.com. The sister show for this is Josh's Talksplode interview show. His last one was with writer Tom King. His next one will be with someone else. It'll be exciting. I don't know. I could just bring Tom back. You can have your own Bendis tapes. Oh, there you go. The Tom Files. King Corner. There you go. King Corner. <laughs> That's it. And of course, there's the weekly Pick of the Week show in which Josh and I talk about the week's comics. You can check that out every week on ifanboy.com, and we'll be back with that next week, but we'll be back with a book explode in two months, and a talk explode next month, and until then, I'm Connor. And I'm Josh. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for cr- Christmas? <laughs> I just, I was like, I, I, I spun out for a second there.